Good afternoon. This is Dr. Sheila Pope, and thanks for joining me for my syndicated show, Conversations with Dr. Pope. Be sure to tune in Monday through Sunday from 2 to 3.20 on the DFW Den Gospel Radio Station. Let's talk. Good afternoon. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Yes, it's a big day. It's a big day for me. It's a big day for my clients. It's a big day for my purpose. And I'm so excited. Um, First of all, you know, I've been very transparent with the struggles, the things that I've had that have been um, like that have shaped me and helped me as a business owner. I often share those things with my audience because I know if I've gone through them, some of the people I talk to are going through them. And not everybody's able to voice where they are in their life, in their business, in their process. And luckily, God has allowed me or given me a voice and a platform to share my story. And I want to continue to encourage you to share your story, you know, to share uh, your ideas about your business with me. I can, you know, I have an app. And I forget to mention it. It's a Mighty Network app. And on there, if you go on Boss Ladies Professional Network, if you type it in, you will find the app. Now, it's $9.99 to join, but it's one way to directly talk with me, to share your journey as a business owner or one who's trying to become a business owner. And I can share and give you feedback and we can talk. So join my my app, the Boss Ladies Professional Network. It's $9.99 to join. That's it. That's the one-time fee. But you have access to me and the journey. And all the things I'm sharing on there now that I don't share on my social media. I have been winding down my social media. Woo! Managing my social media should be a full-time job for somebody else. And eventually, I will outsource that. But as of right now, I'm still doing it. And so this day is so important uh, because I announced it first on my app, and that's why it's so fresh in my mind. So only a few people know. And now today, I'm going to tell my audience who listen to my show, my gospel radio show, Conversation with Dr. Pope on DFWDEN Gospel Radio Show. Also, this show will be on my podcast on Anchor, Spotify, it's eight other areas where you can hear my podcast. And so I wanted today to come on and talk to you and share my great news about my new office location. <laughs> yes, yes, I have moved. I am moving back out. Yes, it's great to have a home office. I have loved it. It has been um, wonderful. But I needed an office in a building, a space, a standalone space from my home office. Because let's just keep this 100. You can't really work in your home and invite strangers into your home to conduct business. It is now I admire those people who have a like they have a commercial property 
and the bottom of the house may be a bakery or a hair salon, and the top part is where they live, or they have an insurance, you know, like an insurance business at their home, but um, they they also have where they can live there, but it's considered commercial property. Well, after moving from my home, I I didn't even well, I didn't even I'm just so private. I know you would think because as much as I talk about me and whatever's going on with my business and whatnot, that I would be more open to having people come into my home. It is I am completely the opposite. I am actually more private than people think. I'm more reserved than more people think. Um, so I knew I could not invite clients into my home, but I could film my show. I could do the podcast at home. I could do those things. But I have other services that I provide. For example, the Resource Center, which is the name of my company. Dr. Pope, I thought the name of your company was Pope's Resource Center LLC. That's true. That's the media company. That's who this podcast is under. That's what my television show is filmed on. But my business where I do trainings and um, dissertations and, uh, you know, edit dissertations and dissertation coaching, all of that is through a, another entity. And that is the Resource Center. And with the Resource Center, I have, I am through the state of Texas, I um, am a administrator of a DWI program. I am the administrator and the instructor for an alcohol a program for youth that, you know, they got caught with liquor or alcohol. They have to go through training. That's what I provide. Well, I can't provide those classes in my home. No, I can't ask seven people to come on over to my apartment, take their DWI classes, and send them on their lovely little way. <laughs> so I have, I needed, I've been past due on a space. Now, what happened, I got into a partnership, I thought, with a lovely group of um, professional firemen. They they were allowing me to be able to use their building to do what I do for my offender education program. Well, that was great on in concept, but before COVID hit, they someone broke into their building. And so I was asked if I could wait until they repaired everything before I started offering programs and stuff. And so I was waiting. And then while I was waiting on them to fix the building or repair the damage, then COVID hit. And so they didn't feel comfortable having people come over there because, again, people are very, you know, they like to sue these days. So I guess, and I can understand that. They didn't want the liability of having someone get sick there or or get hurt there, whatever. And so I did not get an opportunity to do anything in their building for over a year. That hurt financially. And luckily, because they started allowing us to do these classes online, they gave us another option. So I was just getting ready to get caught up on the other option, but I knew, I know that I needed to be in another spot. I needed to be in a place where I controlled the key. When you are in a partnership with someone, something, you have to be remind, be respectful of their 
you know, their, their parameters. When you're not paying for the spot, or you exchanging one in-kind service for, you know, a place to, to have your business, you have to look at that. So today, I'm grateful that they were so kind to allow me to, to be there, but I didn't get a chance to do what I needed to do there. And this is an opportunity now to have my own office again, meaning for the next three years, I will be uh, at 10101 Fondren Suite 265 in Houston, Texas, 77096. The Resource Center will have its own location. That means so much to me. And believe it or not, it means a lot to the people who consider your business a, a real business. Let me tell you something. In Pearland, which is where my where I live, where my office, my home office is, I'm gonna say headquarters. <laughs> um, they had money for businesses who were affected by COVID. They decided they would not give any money to home-based businesses. I really felt that was so disrespectful of my work, my business. I'm a member of the chamber, you know, all these things. But if you didn't have a building in a standalone or an office space, they didn't give you the, give you the opportunity to apply for the money. And that hurt. I was disappointed. But I also understood. You know how you meet people and you say, hey, where'd you get, like, I met a girl the other day at Sam's, and I said, where'd you get your nails done? And she said, oh, it's in a lady's house. And I was like, uh, okay. Now, I've gotten my hair done in someone's home. I think as African-American women, that's not unusual. We get our hair done in a sink. <laughs> we, we wash our hair in our own sink. So we are used to having either someone come to our home or going to their home to get our hair done. But I don't think we're okay with, you know, going in people's homes for other things. Now, for example, people now are doing baked goods. A lot of people are doing their bakery. They're, they're baking from home. And I remember this lady, her pictures of her peach cobbler look so good. And I asked, I said, well, where are you, where are you baking? Where's your, your place? I want to come by and get a sample. And she said, oh, it's at my house. And immediately I conjured up. Well, I don't know how her kitchen looks. I don't know how clean she is. Because we start thinking about people who like all those cats. And they let the cats just roam around all up in the kitchen. Now, that doesn't mean that's how the lady was. She could have a spotless kitchen, be immaculate, all of that. I just went to that place in my mind. And that stopped me from following through on the order for her, for the cobbler. I've ordered cobbler from other people you know, who make them and bring them to the schools. I don't know why that didn't register like it did when I, I just started thinking. Many, many, especially African-American business people, they do the cake, they do their catering right outside of the house. And and I get it. They, they cook the stuff and bring it to you. And so I'm just saying there is still a mental, a connotative thing that takes over your brain when you start thinking about eating from someone's, especially right now with COVID. People are they're coughing in their kitchens. 
you know, you can be yourself and you, I think we relax more in our home. So that was just one of my thoughts. And so I understood why people don't look at home-based business with the same amount of respect that they do for those in a commercial property. But I had to say, I moved and I needed the space because I had had a space prior and I missed having an office. My children even said, mom, we miss you having an office. I, when I do a podcast, like right now, I'm, I'm in my bedroom, I'm doing the podcast, no one's up, I'm working while they're asleep. Sometimes I have time during the day and I could sit down and do it, but the kids are moving. And once they're moving around, they got the TV on and all that noise, you, you lose your space, you lose the quiet. So it's very difficult to, to record. When I film or I'm editing my shows, I have to be in a certain zone. And I have to have it quiet for me to process, to hear it, right? So I have to put my headphones in. Then they ask you questions. It's like, oh, my God. You know, I need my own space. I need this space because the kids don't need to be held hostage <laughs> in in my space. And I don't need to be, you know, so tensed up that if I, I got to say, I'm recording. Everybody be quiet. Yeah, that's what I sound like. <laughs> And they're afraid to move. And um, sometimes, too, you know, they'll get into the corner. If you have a Zoom meeting, they, they walk by and you can see them in the corner of the Zoom thing. It's like, oh, my God, there they are. So you hope they have on something decent. You hope they have their hair combed, you know, because you're recording and it's live. So those are some of the reasons why I personally said I needed uh, my office back. And then I was getting ready to uh, edit my documentary. And I work with a guy named Courtney, and he uh, said, I asked Mr. Courtney, do you, do you feel okay coming to my apartment to edit? He said, yeah, I have no problem with that. And I was like, okay, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with Courtney coming here. But then again, your kids see someone new. Uh, they start interacting, and it's like, okay, no, I need to be in a in a workspace because I'm a professional woman doing real business and I need my collaborative partners if we want to meet and talk about a grant or anything else I want the space in my office or in the conference room to have those meetings and so that had been on my mind for a while and I'm going to just tell y'all the truth I was saying, why go and create and add more money to your budget? It makes sense to just keep doing things at home the way you're doing it. And then again, I said, no, because you're limiting what your purpose is. You're limiting who you can reach. I work with a reentry program called the Next Move Reentry Program. I say I work with. I am the <laughs> I am the founder of the um, business. And when I started, when when I started, I wasn't the only person. 
um, working on this project to bring the next move to life. It was four of us. And along the way, you know, I lost some of those those people. But what I what I realized is that I needed to to still move forward with it. And I was nervous because working with you see there ex you have your ideas about ex offenders. And more importantly, you know, I, I, I think sometimes too we lose perspective on who out of the ex offender population are you going to work with? When I came to the table, I wanted to work with students who are caught in that pipeline from school uh, to prison pipeline. And I wanted to tell their stories. I wanted to help them find employment. I wanted to help them get training to do new things. You can't do that and invite different people into your home. You have to have a boundary with people you don't know who may have other offenses and they're not just the kids you see in your classroom. I know the kids that I've dealt with in my classroom, but it's the people who you don't know. And you have to give them an equal opportunity to get to know them so you're not so super judgmental about their past. Well, I need an environment for that. Now I have the office space to bring in nonviolent ex-offenders to my space to talk with them, to help them with the workforce training and, and to help create programs that will help students who have gotten assault cases and all that stuff. And now we can move them forward in their life. I now have the space for that. So I'm so excited because I was so limited by being shut here in my home. And, you know, one of my, my, my son, he said, my oldest son said, Mama, I don't know about going out and getting a space during COVID. And I have the different mentality. I said, this is the time to do it. This is where maybe people who are the realtors, the, the people who own the space, they're able to be more flexible because they need tenants. So sometimes I believe you have to go in where there's a need for you. Now, I'm not saying be crazy. Go sign some long-term contract where you know it's out of your budget and, and all those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I had to pray about this decision. I had been thinking about it for at least a year. And when I finally made up my mind, I was going to go out again and get an office. I decided I had a different approach. I knew what I needed. And so today's show, that's what I'm talking to you about. Some of you may be in your car listening to this right now in your home, and you're saying, hey, I am that baker. I am the person who does great, I make great cakes, cupcakes, all of these things. But I do need to, feel, I feel like I'm not getting all of my clientele I could get because I don't have an industrial kitchen. I don't have a place that I'm working out of because even when you're at home, your stove can only do so much. And, you know, uh, there are so many women who spend, and the men too, spend hours in the kitchen on the grills, barbecuing for people, frying turkeys, right? Doing all that work. And and people go by and they pick it up. But again, sometimes you don't want a person that you you made the cake for, and then suddenly they want to say, ooh, I got sick eating your cake. 
and then they want to sue you and you're sitting there going okay i it was at my house i i gotta you know it's it's you just it just the when you distance your personal space from your business space it makes a difference in so many areas i want to encourage you if you have been thinking about getting a space to do so but I want to kind of walk through some of the steps that I had to go through and maybe you can, you know, see if this is some questions that you have asked yourself, because I think when I first got my first, when I first moved into my first office space, I didn't ask these questions that I'm going to talk about today. And I had a different mindset too, when I found my office location, and I'm going to talk about that as well. And hopefully it will help you. And I'm talking about some of the legal ease of it all, too. Hopefully, um, this conversation will help this show today will help you just kind of think about it a little bit more. I, I don't believe in rushing out and doing anything. I think you should definitely have peace when you forge ahead. I think you should have a plan. It shouldn't be haphazard. And I think you should think about who are you going into this business or this space with? Those are very, very important points to think about. I, I don't think sometimes we look at that. We just say, okay, I'm inspired. I'm going to go for it. And I don't know if you have um, ever went by these office, these business offices. That they have the leasing, leasing, and you call, and they don't call you back. Yeah. I experienced that a lot the first time. And then I realized that I should have used a professional. Sometimes I know we think, well, you have the time, go look yourself. No, I realized this time I didn't have the time to go and narrow down, look at the square footage. I, instead, I got, uh, I secured a realtor. I used uh, Kelvin Beatty. He was my realtor, and I, I, I love what he did. If you decide you're going to get a space, and he's not located in Houston, he travels back and forth, but he come he came here to help me, and he you know you can do everything by again contracts can be signed via email. I know my audience is in Dallas, so I'm sure he comes from he can go to Dallas as well. Um, but if you do decide to call him up. Don't forget, Dr. Pope referred him to you. <laughs> uh, now, why did I get him? Because, as I said earlier, you need to know what the square footage is, the price point for your square footage. You need to look at your, you need to know the location. You know, when you're sitting there trying to Google things on the internet, it, it, you get, you tend to get the same kind of stuff. Same type of properties. By having a realtor, they can see bigger the bigger spaces. They can reach out to other locations you may not even be thinking about. And so that's what happened in my case. I told him what I the price point, but I did not lock myself into a area. I did know what I needed to be. I knew my target audience. And so today, I'm gonna use some of my little business terms. You got to know who's your target audience. Who are you trying to sell your products to? Who are your clients? So I needed people. 
I needed to be in a middle or low income, middle class area. I didn't need to be in a well-to-do area. I didn't need to be in a, I needed to be in a, a diverse community, meaning I wanted to work with people of different religious backgrounds, different political beliefs, different sexual orientations, uh, different races. I wanted a hodgepodge. I just didn't want everybody to look like me or everybody else to look like, you know, our president. I needed diversity because anyone can get a DWI. But when you have money, you can get your DWI to kind of go away. Whereas most people who are in the middle class, low income, they are going to have to go to class. So I need to be able to serve them. I need to serve the people who needs my service. So, and because I have an offender education program, the DWI goes, goes under there. I also needed to be in an area where, again, there are more likely people who will have uh, cases where kids might get caught with alcohol. In other words, places where there's always um, police looking to see and pulling over folk, see what they're doing, what they're driving with, or they're smoking while they're driving. Those are the cases that will eventually get to me. So that helped me think about my target area, my target audience. And also, if you are looking at the SBA EDIL targeted uh, grant, you have to be in a low income area. They give you a map so you can put your address in there to show your business is in a low income area. Guess what? Pearland is not designated as a low income area. See, that's so important to know as a business owner. What area are you in? What is the demographic? And if you put, you look at that map, it'll tell you. Is it a bunch of, is it a high, um, is high area for migrants? Is it a high, is it low income? It talks about, um, it tells you your, your demographics. So that is so important right now. You need to write that down. If you're taking notes, write that down. You need to know where your business is right now, if you've already got it started, you have, you know, your EIN, your all that stuff, you need to know what is your area demographics. Because that's, if you're going to up move around and find a space outside of your home, you need to stay in that kind of area if you have been thriving in that environment. Think about that. You don't want to go too far out. Oh, people come to my, they love my cakes. They'll travel 50 miles. No, they won't. My nail technician, love her dearly as a person. And we had a little falling out. And here's what happened. I was running late. I texted her. She said she didn't look at her phone. I passed up from Pearland going to where her office is off of Winrock of Westheimer. I passed up a million nail shops. But I go to her, I was going to her because I liked how she did my nails. I got my hair done there. I like kind of a one-stop thing. I liked her as a person. But that that one particular day where when I got there, she said, well, we have to reschedule. And I was like, but I texted you. You could have texted me back. And I felt like 
she didn't understand or respect my time. Yes, I was late. Charge me extra, whatever, and let's do the nails. But if you're going to let me get there and you already know, like, okay, no, I'm not going to take you. Stop me in transition so I can turn around. Save my time. I might have been mad, but I would have been with understanding and I would reschedule. But you let me get all the way there to tell me I got to reschedule you after you don't know what I've been through to get to you. And I didn't pass up all these shops. So, you know, that meant I didn't go back to her as a, a nail. She does a wonderful job with nails. Beautiful job. But sometimes your clients realize you ain't the only thing in the, in the show now. There's a whole bunch of people can do nails. Don't ever get too confident that your clientele is going to follow you to the moon. No, they don't. Especially when there's a lot of options. So it's very, very important when you're talking about moving your business into another location, another office space or whatnot, for you to think about that. How far are you from your base? You know, I realized I didn't, I needed to be like in a 30 minute, 30 minute uh, drive from my place to my office. Because if I had to go back to my, to, to home, it wouldn't take me all day to do so. All right, well, let's take a break right quick. Okay, so I talked about what you do when you find, like, you know, when you think about your target audience and you want to look at how far. You want to find out how just how far is your office from your new location. So my realtor, Mr. Beatty, he has he said, uh, Dr. Pope, I'm going to send you. Uh, an address for a new build out because I went in this time saying I wanted a standalone building. And what I mean by that, meaning that I could park my car, I opened up the door to my office, to my building, had my name, you know, have your name out there on the marquee, the building itself, the whole thing is yours. And, you know, the restrooms, everything, all in one. It would stand alone. I didn't want it inside of another office complex. And he found one out in Jersey Village, brand new build out. It looked really nice. And I was like, okay, yes, this is beautiful. And so my son, the moment I said to him, I said, well, it's in Jersey Village. My son said, mama, that's too far out. That's way out there. And I was like, oh, don't be negative. I'm going to go and see. And well, I was driving from Pearland and I got on 290, like going to Prairie View. And I realized, I'm like, whoa, I've gotten all the way around 290. I'm going, and I'm still 41 minutes out. <laughs> uh, I said, nope. My son was right. That was too much. So I had to, at that point, say, hmm, let me look at something different. So I called him en route and said, uh, Mr. Beatty, this is too far out. And also, he was having me go out into an area where it was more higher income. I didn't want to go out into a higher income, more, um, hmm, the area would be probably more white, ca Caucasian um, residents. And, and I know there's some diversity because there's a, 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 a show on Animal Planet, three black doctors, veterinarians, and they're, they're uh, 
veterinarian place is out in that area, like going towards upper 290 uh, into that area. So I'm not saying people people will, will do business with a black business owner. That's not what I'm saying. But they have a pet, a veterinarian clinic. So people who love their animals, they don't care who what color the veterinarian is. Do you do a good job with my dog and my cat? You know, say my lizard. Again, they have a service that it opens themselves up for any community. My particular stuff that I do, it's a particular community. And I realized, I said, nah, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's too far. And that's not my target audience. So he said, okay. I said, let me tell you what I'm looking for. I at least I'm in, in this price point. I need to be 30 minutes away from home, either direction. I like the like the sunny side type client base, but I don't want to be a sunny side because of the you know the crime rate. I need to be in an area where there's uh, like schools or education uh, because or there's students because that's part of what I do. I have a school. Dr. Pope's STEM and Liberal Arts Academy. Right now, it's online. It's online and it's private. But I'm, I have bigger plans for that, and I need to be somewhere where I can grow it out. Right. So I said that's not it either, because I know the the type of children I want to work with. So all of that, knowing my target audience, made me give him allow me to give him a better description of what I needed. And that gave him, uh, it made him bring in his, like, bring bring in his search. See, and that's what I like about working with another professional. I didn't have to go and run around and spend time getting frustrated, not getting callbacks from people, driving way out only to find out it's, it's too far from my home. Let him do all that work. He's going to get some money out of it. And I don't, you don't pay your realtor. The people who the lease comes through, they pay your realtor. So anyway, he narrowed it down and he found me another location. And he was in town for a couple of days. So the thing was also, when are you ready to move? You don't get a realtor until you're really ready to like you're serious about looking. And why am I saying that? Because you're going to waste the realtor's time too. If the realtor is, uh, you know, working with you, they're there to get paid too. And not there to just, and some people take a year to find their location. To me, you're not serious. I, I'm a, I was serious. My timeline to move in was as soon as possible. So once we figured that out, then the next thing was I had to get more realistic about the standalone. A standalone would run me about a thousand dollars and up a month. I did not feel comfortable with that as my budget. That was double what I was looking to pay. So I knew that wasn't a good idea. Although we were hoping he could find something in my price range. And we thought we did, but he said, well, even although people um, are not signing up or not leasing as much due to COVID, people are still saying this is a good area to be in. So they're still having a pretty good price point. So when he found my current address, I said, okay, let me let me drive over there because that's my number one thing I need to see. Can I, is it a straight shot? 
Do I have to use the toll road? Is a bunch of back, you know, back roads? I'm directionally challenged, so I get lost pretty easy. I don't need to be frustrated every day going to work. <laughs> I need to be able to go straight shot, straight shot back. So when I drove it, I said, oh, my God, straight shot, beltway, boom, pondering, boom, straight shot up. That's it. I can't get lost. Okay, I can because I, I, I don't know what it is about me, but I can get lost. I can go to my friend's house that I've been going to for 20 years and still go to the wrong house after 20 years. I don't know what that is, but something's wrong there. My direction, my little uh, handy-dandy compass, mental compass, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I said I like the distance. I knew uh, New Light Christian Center Church was on the opposite end of Fondren. So I, I knew the area. I had been over there to get some of my Chinese food, Braisewood with Lotus. So I knew the area. I had worked with some community partners before there. That was a good sign for me. I did not know this when I got my first office, but I did not realize how important it is to know if the community, if their culture, their behavior, not 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 their race, their culture, if it's a culture of people who are afraid of black people who may think, okay, you're you're a crook or they're scared of you, or you're in a community where they feel like they're above you, um, you don't feel welcomed in that area, you can tell it. You can go into certain stores, you can feel it. You can. It's, it's very tangible. Believe it or not, racism and sexism is tangible. You know it. You can't always put your finger on what exactly it is, but you know something's not quite right. I'm not being received well. I don't want to ever sign myself up for a year or three years of that again. So I I went into the office building and I looked to see who was in the building. I saw uh, some Jewish men. I, and I knew they were Jewish men, not because they had the hamaka, they had the, the the hair. Okay, so I I saw Jewish men first. I saw black women. I saw African um, uh, people. I saw Latina uh, women with children, and I saw um, a state representative's name outside the building. And I said, "This is why this building looked familiar." I volunteered for her organization. I filmed. Uh, one of Dr. Alma Allen's community events at the church. And so I knew where her office was because I went over there. Um, I got lost and went to the wrong building. <laughs> and so I knew her headquarters was there. And I said, ah, okay. I looked at the parking lot. One of the things you need to look at too, especially women, we need to look at where are your cars going to be parked. Before in my old office space, there was a little space around the front of the building, but there was a garage and it had several layers. It was, you had to have a gate card to get in, gate card to get out. I mean, uh, um, at night it was creepy to me. I didn't like it. It made me nervous. I watched too many movies apparently. But again, it was a Chase, a, a old closed Chase Bank. It was their garage. And so I didn't feel comfortable. But sometimes I work at night to nine or 10. And I was like, ooh, I got to run out here across this parking lot. And get in. I, I didn't like it. So 
that that made me nervous. So this parking lot wide open. You park every. It's a lot of parking. Have to worry about a parking space. Um, it is a lot of traffic, so you know people can see and hear you. You can see them. Uh, there's a library right in the parking lot on the other side of uh, the towers. Two towers. I'm in one of them, and on the opposite side, the ten one o three. There's a public library. Um, it's closed right now due to COVID, but I can do some of my classes and trainings in that library. You see, you have to look at who are you going to work with, maybe partner with. It's a church down the street. I do community service. I could go down there, introduce myself, and see what they're doing to partner with them on some different things in the community. That's what you have to look at when you're picking your spot. When I first got my office spot, I didn't know that a couple of years ago. I didn't think it through like I, I, I know now. Also, just knowing that there were people in the building who had an office that looked like me in my old office. I was the only African-American on the third floor. Uh, then another guy came in towards the end. And when I got ready, when my lease was up, uh, African-American lady came in. She's a lawyer. and She brought in, a, she bought the whole other side of the building. I was like, wow, she's bringing in some cash. <laughs> but I, I love that about her. But I said to myself, she didn't check the temperature of the building. I'm going to go back and see if she's still in there. When you check the temperature of a building, that's important. I was outside taking a picture with the realtor. I said, get a picture of me. And he took the picture and a, a gentleman pulled up and he said, can I get in the picture? He's a Jewish guy. He was inviting. You see, he he was talking to me. We didn't have a, oh, I don't know who she is. I don't know who he is. We He was funny. We were uh, funny. I felt good. I looked in the parking lot too to see what type of cars were there. If you have a luxury car, if you're the only one with a luxury car, you want to look at that. Not that the luxury car is better than the other cars. You want to see what type of people are in that in that office space. Several luxury cars, several everyday cars. You know that's important to me. I have a luxury car. I have a a, 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 a little Nissan Rogue. I wanted to feel good in either one of my cars. I want you know if you there and everybody got Teslas and you know Maybachs and you like okay this I might not. I may not be able to afford the rent in this building. <laughs> I can tell that from the cars. Well, this was a good mix. So it told me, I already knew the rent price, but it told me this, this group is diverse, economically diverse, racially diverse, and religiously diverse. So I like that. I like that because you can do business with anybody if you choose to. If you don't have barriers, you can make money and do community projects with all communities. It's up to you. So I like that as well. And so that was like, check. The, when I got on the elevator with a lady, I said, because all the bathrooms are locked. I hate that. I hate that they lock all those doggone bathrooms. Because I really had to go. And I was like, oh, my God, not one of these bathrooms are open, um, which makes it bad for your guest. Okay. So they have to get a key from you to go to the restroom. Sometimes people don't want to have to take a key from you to go to the restroom. They might want to say, I have to go do something. They don't want to tell you you got to go to the restroom. But anyway, 
um, when I went in and I asked one of the African-American, I said, ma'am, you have a key to the restroom? She said, no, I don't have one. But we were laughing about things. Um, I saw an, another person. Um, it's a waterfall in the building. So I like water. And I was looking for tables. I said, hmm, where are the tables? Where are the chairs? Because that tells you if they don't mind you sitting there or if it's just for decoration. So I saw one bench. And I was going, I said, okay, I, I, I see have one sitting space. And you're like, Dr. Pope, you were looking at everything. Yes, because you're committing yourself to that space for at least one year to five years. You're saying, I'm going to pay this rent. I'm going to be in this location, hella high water, <laughs> for the next three years, the five years. You need to know what you're getting into. It is a financial commitment. It is a commitment to stability for your business. It's very, it's vital that you take it very serious when you sign a lease. Commercial property is different than residential. So that's also important that you know the difference between the two. So I looked at all of that. And this was before the realtor took me to the office space, to see the office space. I did my own investigation before uh, he came because I didn't want to waste his time. If I saw that the culture was not good for me or my children, that was another thing. I have to bring my children in that building sometime. And I can tell in my old spot, nobody brought their children hardly in that building. Maybe at night when I wasn't around, but this building had children. Now, it's not saying the office, the people who had the office had the children, but there were people who came there. If there's a library over on the other side, that means you're going to see some kids somewhere, right? So I was happy with that. My, my children, even if I had to do something with my kids for a project, I could still walk across the parking lot, let my kids check out some books, do whatever they need to do, come back over to the office, right? You have to look at that. How is everything set up for you and your needs? I looked at the stores. I noticed if there's a city brand store, um, they're in, in African-American communities, Latina communities. I'm, I'm learning what stores are in certain communities. I also looked at how many apartment complexes were in down the street. That was important to me. I, I offer other classes. So people in apartment communities, uh, most of them are looking to move to get into other things, houses, whatever. I saw other potentials that I could work with the community members on, you see. Um, so that was really good. So check out the culture. I checked out the culture, the distance. I looked at the parking lot to see, mm, is this my kind of folk right here? Um, also... I went over to both buildings to see what was the difference. One was more modern, looked much better. It got hit by one of the hurricanes, they said. So they fixed it, and when they re renovated they took the waterfall out, and they gave more shinier, it had a shinier look. I like that look. My building I chose, I, 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 I like light. I realized I like LED light. My, my personality and my spirit needs that energy. And so I said to the manager, I need 
more light because the halls were dark. I don't like dark hallways. Being an educator, when you go into a building and you see some dark hallways, you know ain't no real teaching going on over there. So there's some stuff going on in them hallways, okay? When it's something where, where the light is like really bright, that, that tells you they are looking, they are monitoring that hallway because you know fights jump off in the hallway. Sex takes place on stairwells and in dark places. Yeah, yeah, you don't even think about that about schools, but trust me, it's true. And also when you're in a building, if it's dark and you go in there before it's even nightfall, I don't know. I like the tone. I don't like the feel of that. So um, the manager said, we will put you some LED lights in your office. I said, okay. So he took me to one that showed me LED lights already in there. And so I could see the difference and how I felt. It made the room appear bigger. I'm, 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 I'm a creator and I'm working with film podcast. I'm doing a writing. So I need the light. I need the light. That's for me, mentally and spiritually. So anyway, after I looked at the, the because uh, it was one office in there on the top floor I loved, but it was out of my price range. Another reason to get a professional is that the professional realtor can negotiate for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I can negotiate myself, but it helps when you have somebody to understand how to talk the language of the people you're dealing with. I'm taking some classes to be a realtor, but I haven't finished. (laughs) And more importantly, I don't know the language. I know to tell my realtor, can you get this price point down some more? And he tells me, here's what I can do. And then I let him do his job. I didn't dip into that conversation. I looked for his results, the numbers for what they originally put on that paper came down based on the number of years I leased. So I like that. I also like the fact that um, he got me new carpet. The walls, I, I saw something on the walls I didn't like, so they took, they took the wallpaper down, they're painting it, and I got the new lights. I love that because that was something that was appealing to me in another room. And but it wasn't there. And I got a chance to go and I asked while I was doing my walkthroughs. I took pictures. If you're going to go and get an office space, take pictures. You're you're not going to remember what you liked about each office space. I hate to say that. You're not because you're going to say, which one was that? What was So I took pictures of each room that I was in so I could remember, okay, when I talk to my realtor, I want either this one or this one. And, and we really went through it. And, and, I, and now, as my realtor said, he wasn't there to tell me what to do. He was there to ab- to advocate, to, to speak on my behalf. He was the go-between. And I asked some questions, you know, and he said, and I told him, I said, you know what? I don't like the light outside the in the hallway, but the bigger picture is, are you going to be out in the hallway or are you going to be in your office? I'm going to be in my office. So therefore, that wasn't a bigger deal. It wasn't a deal breaker. Now, having a window and what view I had, that was a deal breaker. So when I walked in and saw I would have a good view of the parking lot, the business, because I need to look out. Sometimes, you know, if you're writing a book, you're editing dissertation, you got to take a break. You got to be able to see something that kind of lets you just 
Woosah. So I needed that. And my old office, because it was in the Heights, I got a chance to see the downtown lights in the evening. Oh, it was such a beautiful place. But let me tell you something. Having a beautiful place and you're not making any money means nothing. You, you got to go in knowing that you're there for business. So the view is important, but not that important. What's important is that I realized in this community, I could off do my services. I could provide my services. Um, I saw potential for a lot of different contracts over there. And I said, okay, we're going to go with this. The the window was vital, like, you know, which view? One of them was like a parking lot. Not just the parking lot, but the side where people, you know, how they have the little numbered parking. So all you saw was cars and a fence. I don't want to look outside every day and see a cars and a fence. I want to see people moving around. I, You know, I want to see the what's happening. Um, that's just me. And so I I think I chose the right one. I chose a, a space that had 458 square feet. It had an extra room with shelves. And, uh, you know, I'm a teacher, first and foremost. And the moment I saw it, I said, oh, I could put paper here, put my supplies here. You know, if I got different things for different clients, if I start doing some counseling sessions in there, you know, I can have things, just things in there that I got to haul back and forth and that don't fit in the file cabinet. Okay, if you're doing groups with women, you can have your handouts, everything already made, stacked up. You got to worry about where you're going to get in a long table to store that stuff on. So I love that little back room. I loved having a a waiting room, then another room, which is going to be my media where I can film and do my podcast, my live shows, you know, the YouTube, that kind of thing. I can sit there and do that. And then I have my office where there's a door to that. So it gave me three distinct areas in my office. When I got my first space, I didn't know I needed that. I got a very small office with a beam in the middle, which took some of the square footage. I think it was like 300 and something square feet. That's how small. My waiting area in my office is the same size as my first office. (laughs) It was too tiny. And, you know, I'm not ashamed. I didn't know these things. And so I did the best I could. And I was, again, I got a little smaller desk. That's not what I'm looking at this time. I have a real clear idea of who I am. Because when I first got that first office space, I had some misnomers, some some faulty logic. And I want to talk about that in the next half of the show. If you're going to get an office space, you should be very, very, very clear on. If you're the one where your name is on the lease, you're the one that is expected to pay the lease. So don't go in if you have, let's say, you have a a, a community, a friend, and they say, oh, this is an example. Oh, Paula, I hear you get in the office space. Yeah. Well, listen, I need an office space too. Maybe I can, you know, come in with you and I can uh, like sublet it from you. Well, that means they want to be in there, you know, again, like you're not there anymore. They're there. I, I don't, I don't believe in sub, 
subleasing unless you're moving. Like you're not going to be able to make the payments. You need to get out. But let's say they offer, I just they just want to come in and work. So let's say three days a week. They want to work in your front office, you know, set up the little cells and they want to be in the front office. And they are going to pay half of the rent. And you say, ooh, that sounds really good. It does until you think about, do you know their personalities? Do you know how loud they talk? Do you know how often they talk? Are they in there working? How many people are going to be bringing it every day? I read my lease front and backwards this time. The first time I didn't read my lease right either. I was so happy to get in there. I didn't read it. I now know I can only have five people in that office at a time. Now, that doesn't mean the conference room can't hold more people, but that's what they want in my office. So that's important. You're five and they're five. and You, you see what I'm saying? You're already breaking rules. So I, I, I think it's so important that we know and say realistically, oh, wait a minute. I got somebody that's supposed to be helping me get this rent. And then let's say that thing don't work out. That relationship don't work out. Who is still responsible for the lease? You are. You are. And then you can't control who they bring in, what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with partnership. But I'm saying these are things I did not think about when I got my first office space. I'm going to share my story of where I went wrong on my thoughts about my first office space. Take a little break right here. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Sheila Pope, and thanks for joining me for my syndicated show, Conversations with Dr. Pope. Be sure to tune in Monday through Sunday from 2 to 3.20 on the DFW Den Gospel Radio Station. Let's talk. Conversation with Dr. Pope is produced and hosted and written by Dr. Sheila Pope. 